there, my name is Ollie Peer, and with me is... Tim Warwood. A man who, according to the internet, is a 47-year-old millionaire. Yeah, I, I was worried about having my identity stolen, so I put my date of birth in incorrectly. Clever, huh? Well, yeah, it's not that I'm worried about. It's the million pounds, Tim. You've never lent me money in your life. Yeah. And welcome to a podcast about winter sports in a week with very little snow news, thus pushing this format to breaking point. Here's what we've got on the show today. You've, yeah, I bet you've broken this. The Ulmer. Oh, damn it! I've just given it away! <laughs> we find out why Katie Ormerod said no to her GCSE maths. We unleash three news stories that may not be news at all, straight into your ears. And we add the best song ever to our Making Tracks playlist. That's all to come. Oh, what a day. I may be a glove down after crashing into that ski school, but my legs are pleasantly tired and my face is aglow from the sun-drenched Mad March beasts. We're huddled back in our log cabin podcast studio, the fire popping like a microwave lasagna, ready to fill you in on the week's stories. What's been happening, Tim? Uh, loads. Aussie man <laughs> skis naked. Which... That's not news. It's not well, news. It... No, you wouldn't think it'd be news, because actually, I guess... Well, we all love skiing naked, but this is different because it's in the middle of a race. Um, So, basically, this is Aussie Mark Pollock. He stole the show at the World Ski Championships in Germany. The 28-year-old has been the talk of the winter sports world because he's been competing in several of the cross-country events in a in a manotard, like a like a Leo tard. It's like basically. Exposing all of his limbs to the freezing temperatures on the icy slopes of Oberstdorf. Yeah, um, yeah, but but hang on, hang on. He's not naked then. Nobody's got. I mean, he's, he looks he looks naked. So not only is it not news, it's not right. Also, how's he getting away with wearing that? Surely there's some kind of FIS rules of like aerodynamics. That's what you're thinking, isn't it? Well, no, I'm not thinking that because if no. it is one of those things that Borat wears, then surely, like, it's flapping about in the wind a little bit, <laughs> and you want something that's tight that's keeping stuff everything, you know, everything's like like tight. Um, How do you get away? You can't get away. There must be rules against that, surely. Well, I d- I, obviously not. No, I don't know. It's just that's his choice of outfit. Um, and he he basically did 15 kilometres in compression shorts and a singlet top. <laughs> Job done. <laughs> Commentators are in stitches, apparently, watching him do that. Um, ever so good. Incidentally, if you want to talk about rules, um, in snowboard cross, mm. to keep the integrity of snowboarding and to keep snowboarding more of a freestyle sport, um, the competitors aren't allowed to wear skin-tight outfits, which would be faster. They actually have to wear baggy clothes. So, you know, you get those fat pincers, those metal... Yeah that they pinch your fat at the doctors. You remember them. Well, anyway, (laughs) they've got those for the snowboarders' clothes to check that their clothes are baggy enough. Well, hang on. So what's the baggy limit? What's, like, the minimum? And who decides that? Is it, like, what's it based on? Style? Like Style police. Style police at the top. Do you know, that can't stay because, as we all know, snowboarding fashion fluctuates more than uh, something that fluctuates a lot, right? So it goes from baggy, then there was a time where snowboarders would wear like real, like genuine, just like skinny jeans. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, skinny jeans and like a jacket or a shirt over the top. Yeah. So that's weird. So basically, whenever there's a snowboard cross event, it's always just going to look like snowboarders from the 90s. (laughs) Probably, yes. (laughs) Um, 
I've got a bit Go of on. news. Well, it's not really news. It's just that, it, like yours, wasn't really news. The 2021-22 season, right, is going to be massive. We've obviously just come out of a pretty awful season in terms of booking a holiday because you haven't been able to book a holiday. In fact, it's been the worst that the industry suffered ever. But 21-22, already they're seeing sales basically shoot through the roof. So uh, there's been a 100% increase in sales compared to pre-COVID booking numbers. Wow. So although like the, the numbers are high because they were quite low over COVID times, yeah, they're actually high anyway. But wow. what it means is, for like me and you and uh, people wanting to hit, hit, hit the slopes uh, next year, is the prices are going to be very, very high. In fact, they're, they're already quite high, especially in like the peak which is expensive anyway. So when you're going in like the, you know, the Easter holidays and, and Christmas time and that kind of stuff, half terms and stuff, it's really expensive. But it's just going to be pricier than than ever. So be prepared for that. I'm just saying maybe get that 0% credit card now and then you can, <laughs> <laughs> can book your holiday. Skiing and snowboarding goes back where it belongs, back to the rich. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. That wasn't news either. I've got some proper news now. So, okay. So you're, you're welcome. Two men scalp the half dome. Sounds like a movie, doesn't it? It's Bad not. One. Yosemite National Park, California. Two skiers have successfully navigated a thin layer of snow down the precipitous half. Two skiers have successfully navigated a thin, crusty layer of snow down the. Preti- pre- <laughs> down the what? Picture the scene. Yosemite. Picture the scene. Yogi Bear, Yosemite National Park. Mm-hmm. Two skiers have successfully navigated a thin, crusty layer of snow from the top to the bottom of the precipitous shoulder of Half Dome. Now, you might not know Half Dome, just off the but if I was to say to you, Alex Honnold, free solo. Yeah, okay. No, I know it. Oscar winning film. Yeah. He climbed that big thing without yeah. any ropes. Yeah. I don't know if it's the same bit, but basically think of those big, huge cliffs and rocks and, and think danger. This is what these guys have done. Jason Tolano and Zach Milligan, they completed the descent in five hours by carefully carving their way down the crusty snow. They used that to use ropes, that to repel through several sections of the bare rock known as death slabs. Here's the crux, right? Snowboarder Jim Zealous, he's believed to be the first person to descend the 800-foot bit at the top, but... Nobody has done it from top to bottom, and that's what these guys have done. 4,800 vertical feet of pure death on a stick, mate. And if they fall, either side, they are done. They are dead. Five hours? Five hours it took them. Yeah, but that's... I mean, it's not skiing, is it, that? That's, like, that is just really slowly edging down a... basically a cliff face. Essentially, yeah. And it's super gnarly. We've, um got the video in the uh, I nearly said it I know. <laughs> you're infecting me yeah, they're in yeah. the show notes is where you can find the link to this video or as Ollie likes to call it when no one's watching the snow notes oh you seen this Tim just looking out the window it's uh, it's looking very precipitous are you mocking? Whatever, Peter. Really I'm is, just look. trying to. I'm trying to expand the vocabulary of the log cabin here. Perhaps 
impart a little bit of my Birmingham intellect on you. That is not nice. I'm going to go and answer the door of our fictitious log cabin. Stop mocking me. It is, though. It's precipitous. Who's there? It's me, Katie. Katie who? Katie Armourad. It's Katie Armourad! <laughs> listen, listen. It's Woo! only... It's only the Halifax Wonder Girl who in 2014 announced herself to the snowboard scene aged just 16 when she nailed the world's first double cork 1080 by a female. Since then, she's only gone to top podiums worldwide, continued to push the boundaries of female snowboarding and all of that while shrugging aside injuries that would leave me and Ollie needing walking frames and bedpans. It's Katie Ormrod, everybody! <laughs> yeah! Um, Katie. Take um, your boots off. Take yeah. your coat off. Warm <laughs> Actually, up. Actually, I've got some glue vine down here. It's still hot. <laughs> it's in a little She's an athlete. Thing. She's an athlete, unlike you. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> you are the cousin yeah. of Jamie Nichols. So it, this runs... What what bloodline is that? So what's your... Like, if I look at the family tree, where are you? What's, so who, who are you connected my to? my mum's side. So we've actually got a really sparty family on my mum's side. So there's um, me and Jamie, who are both snowboarders, and then my little brother Harvey, who's a football apprentice for Bradford City. And then our great-granddad oh. was an England rugby player. So And that was all on my mum's side. So, Katie, where do we find you then? What, what are you up to at the minute? Where are you? Are you in between contests? Are you? Are you? You aren't. I think it's fair to say nursing a bit of an injury. You've just. You've, you're back. You've, you're ready. Like, what, what's the deal? Yeah, like I had an amazing start to the season. It was so much fun to be out snowboarding, getting the training in. Um, we got Kreisberg done as well, which I was really happy with how it went at Kreisberg. That was the first World Cup, and then Lax Open, which I was super excited about. It's my favourite contest. I just had like a really silly, tiny fall. It was really like nothing. If you saw it, you wouldn't think anything of it, and just landed on my shoulder, and yeah, just hurt my shoulder a bit. But luckily, it's uh, nothing serious. But yeah, I've been back home doing a bit of rehab, getting stronger again and luckily I've come back super super fast like way quicker than anyone expected which means I can now go to Aspen this weekend and compete at the world champ so yeah I'm super excited for that yeah so the world championships in Colorado because uh, that was that's been moved it was supposed to be somewhere else wasn't yeah. it yeah how are you feeling then going into the world champ I'm feeling excited like I love competing anyway so um and it's in Aspen and I love Aspen I love being in Colorado so it's going to be super fun you know home of the X Games that course it's it's the, the slope's really good for it there's loads of speed in that slope isn't there for all the jumps and stuff so yeah. it's always um it's always a fun time and they know how to build a good course as well don't they I know they? yeah it's going to be amazing like I haven't seen exactly what the course is yet they said it, they're going to change it from like the X Games course but I mean I imagine it's going to be really good so it's yeah it's going to be exciting do you still love it we asked Jamie Nichols the other week when he was here in the log cabin we asked him you've both been snowboarding for so long do you, do you still love it do you still in I guess well you've just said that you do but I'm just really intrigued as to what why you still love it so much yeah I absolutely love it um and I, I don't know I guess it's just been a part of my life for as long as I can remember and I just love you know being in the mountains snowboarding with your friends and I still really love competing which I feel really lucky about because I know some people don't and it just it makes it a lot easier that I really love like the adrenaline that comes with competitions Mm. and you know the feeling of um, you know you've got a set time to get a run down on a brand new course and it's like a challenge and I love having a challenge so I just love that part of it as well and then I love the creativity side the freedom that you get when you're snowboarding like it's just I think it's the most amazing sport so I want to keep doing it for as long as I can. We inevitably agree 
and we are going to take you on a bit of a snowboarding journey here on our podcast. And I think we should probably hit the mountain now. Come on, let's get out there. Let's do it. We're going to go to the chairlift. It's that time to awkwardly shimmy our way to the chairlift, the place where skiers and snowboarders congregate in dangly chat. A floating speakeasy where anything goes. It's where we share tall tales from the mountains. Yes, tall tales indeed. Now, Katie, correct me if I'm wrong. My memories have hit my head a lot of times since this. Um, it was the first backside double cork 1080, but the, I think there'd been a frontside double cork done. But this was definitely the first proper 1080 because the way Katie does them is absolutely like there's no escaping any of the physics like it would give Isaac Newton a headache Katie's trick because it absolutely it's upside down properly twice and it's yeah. round three times she's not halving off any of the any of the rotations she's getting it all done so it's like the, for want of a better expression it's the proper way of doing it yeah so I think someone else had done a cab cab dub nine um, but that was the first like double 1080 so yeah it was I was super excited to to do that you were young when you did that. Yeah, I was 16. How did a 16-year-old come around to knocking out the world's first backside double cork 1080? Which, incidentally, if you're new to snowboarding, that is upside down twice and around three times, all in the same trick. Like me falling down the stairs. That, <laughs> literally like you falling down the stairs. So how, how did it come about then, Katie? How did you come about like deciding, I'll just crank one of these out? So it was the... Um, the year, well, it was just after the Sochi Olympics, and I'd been doing like the Olympic qualifiers for that when I was like 15, going into that, and I just missed out by like a couple of spots. But like during that season, like before the Olympics, I'd been prepping the tens at Woodward in Copper, Colorado. So I'd been like doing them into the form pit, and I felt pretty confident with them. And then I just missed out on Sochi, and I was like, okay, I'm gonna take all this like I guess negative energy because I was like pretty gutted that I missed out and turn it into something really positive. And I was like, I'm gonna be the first girl to do a double cork 1080. And I watched your your double cork 1080 video on YouTube, and some of the comments on there, and it's mostly like overwhelmingly positive. But on there, there are some men, and they are predominantly men who are making some comments that are just like undermining what you've achieved in your achievements. Because you're a woman, there's no other reason for it. Yeah, well, that is super frustrating because I actually think I remember seeing some comments around that time where people were saying, you know, like, it wouldn't be possible for a woman to do a double cock. And it was, you know, I wanted to prove them wrong, obviously, because, you know, women can do anything and I'm a massive believer. Wow, hang on, hang on. So before the double cork, you saw comments, someone saying it's not possible for a woman to do a double cork. Yeah, like that. I feel like oh that was like God. the theme, you know. Like, and and I went and did it, and um, yeah, it was it was amazing. Like, I went out there. We literally had two days to get it done. We took a filmer, and no one else knew that I was going to do it. And it was in the middle of my GCSEs as well, which was pretty crazy. And <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I did it, and it was the best feeling ever. Like, I just felt on top of the world. Yeah, when I landed that. At that point, the you you know you were well known in the UK scene, but. You had the back in a Red Bull and they were there filming, like you said, and they pumped out this film. And of course, Red Bull were able to announce it to the world there and then. And all of a sudden it was like, oh my God, who is this 16-year-old girl that's just shunned her maths GCSE <laughs> to go and put this trick down? 
Um, how was that like all of a sudden? Everybody knew who you were. How, how did you handle that pressure? Oh, it was crazy. Like, it was really great because obviously I knew I wanted to just take snowboarding to the highest level I could. And I really wanted to get those like big invites to the contest. But it's so hard when you're young and no one knows who you are. And um, and that really kind of like kick-started, I guess, like my professional career in the big contest. I started getting the invites then. Look how far women's snowboarding's come like in the last... 10 years like it's progressed dramatically it's so exciting to see where it's going so yeah it's really cool that you know I was able to start that and now there's other girls sending it and we just keep progressing like it's so exciting to see because yeah girls are amazing and can do anything so yeah just want to keep proving everyone wrong (laughs) but do you you, you feel like that's leveling up a bit now do you feel like you're getting less of that now no I'm actually lucky I don't really see too much of that anymore so yeah I'm hoping that people see that you know like we're all training we're all on the same courses and the same jumps as the guys and we're all progressing and stepping it up so yeah it's it's just good that we are doing that but yeah it's annoying when people feel that they can say these negative things to someone that they don't even know like it's really frustrating and I guess that's one of the negatives about social media that people do have the right like well they think they have the right to like say what they want even if it's negative and could hurt someone but yeah um, ultimately you know it's good that the girls are sending it and keep pushing the boundaries of what women can do on a snowboard snowboarding yeah, dickheads Females. aren't they dickheads they are dickheads <laughs> they are they're dickheads. pricks we're at the top of the mountain the bar has lifted I've stumbled slightly and we're at 2,477 metres above sea level we've nothing left to do Katie but to get down again yes but on this mountain Katie you're shredding credentials. Your skills are not going to help you because to navigate your way through the slopestyle course beneath you, two treacherous rails and three massive kickers, you've got a few questions to answer. Look, it's fair to say, and we've heard evidence of this, that you've had your fair share of injuries. So we're going to test your skeletal knowledge Ooh. in a game I like to call Bone or No Bone. Five bones... And you've got to guess which is a bone and which is a no bone. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think so. Here we go. Question one. Bone or no bone, the mandible. Mm, bone. <gasps> She's right. It's the lower jaw. And as she approaches this first rail, she locks in, slides it to the end. Oh, it's an absolute perler. Question two. Bone or no bone, the popliteal fossa. No bone. She's only got to done it again, Tim. It is no bone. That's basically your knee pit. Uh. Into the next rail, half cab, grind, and then backside 360 out. Oh, it's beautiful. Question three. The philtrum. I'm going to say no bone. She's correct. It's the weird groove bit above your lip. That's your filtrum. That bit. Oh, wow. Yeah. Never heard of that. Yeah, yeah, that's your filtrum. Into the first jump. She goes absolutely massive. She stomped it. Question four. The ulna. Yeah, I bet you've broken this. The ulna. Oh, damn it. I've just given it away. (laughs) (laughs) I was going to say bone. It is a bone. You're right. Beautiful. Into the fourth jump. Sails it round. It is protractor perfect. And question number five, the tragus. No bone. Correct. It is. It's the flappy bit on your ear there that you can sometimes get pierced. Final jump. 
There it is. It's the double cork. Stomp to perfection. Katie Umrod, five out of five. That that that's a first. That it, wow. You, no, no one's done that yet. That's a, like um, if you if you get a run like that, <laughs> no brainer. I see it first place. Now, Katie, if your Instagram is anything to go by, you love listening to music. Your pods, which adorn your ears in almost every photo you post, are the conduit between your eardrums and the digital signal, ready to tickle them into life. Either that, or you just like to block your ears up. Either way. Music, as we know, is as much a part of winter sports as froth is to a cappuccino. So, Kate, you're on the chairlift. There's a horrible ski instructor smoking away next to you. You pop your ear pods in. What are you listening to? It's Daydream by Mariah Carey. And it's actually this song that I, uh, I mean, I sing it on the chairlift anyway. That's like kind of my go-to, like humming it away when I'm on the chairlift. Oh yeah. 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 That's it. I had it on one of my playlists without even realizing, and I was in the car. We were driving up to Stubai at the start of this season, and I was like in charge of the music, and I was flicking through, and Daydream came up, and I flicked. I didn't know what it was and everyone was like well what, why have you like just flicked past that it's such a good song so I was like okay I'll put it back and just instantly fell in love with it I thought it was such a good song so it's kind of like my go-to now <laughs> right you're at the top though you're there you're getting ready to ride I don't know do you listen to music while riding no not generally so let's pretend this is in a video part that you're gonna you're, you're in yeah. right and you're Perfect. choosing the track that you want what is that track to go with your riding so it's Best Song Ever by One Direction. And we dance all night to the best song There's something in your bloodline that, that has sporting prowess, but also slightly bad taste in music because nah. your cousin also contributed as a questionable number. to Sell it to me then. Come on, why is this Why is this such a great song for this? It's. I mean, it just reminds me of being in like Breckenridge and like all the good times I had in Breckenridge growing up. And I, remember, I was actually there when the song got released and me and my friends just loved it and we'd just sing it all the time. It was always our like tune when we were in the car driving to the mountain and it just reminds me of good times and yeah it's really upbeat and a fun song it's also worth knowing at this point that <laughs> i i co-own a singing competition game show called famous first words uh, available oh, plugging his other stuff yeah go all on. good events um and it's a it's a singing it's a live action singing game show where you you we play the first opening beats of a song and if anybody in the crowd thinks that they can sing along to just the first line they put their hands up the air in the air they wave they go mad we stop the track we get them up on stage and then they come up and they sing it and they've either, they've got to sing it with the correct words because it's famous first words they've got to hit the right timing come in at the right time and they've got to sing it with conviction they, so they've got to feel it they've got to mean it they've got to want it they've got to get three points to get through to our super final katie has won this game once at the british championships in lax are you one for uh Apre, Katie. Do you love a bit of Apre? I don't do too much of it now, but I mean, yeah, I'm all for it. <laughs> <laughs> so, so when you when you when you're being sort of you know you're not in full athlete mode and you're in the Apre, you want you just want you just 
begging, praying for one track to come on. Just that one track. What is it that you're praying for? It's another pop song. I don't just listen to pop, but I have gone for another pop song. And it's all right, it's allowed. Shake it, <laughs> um, shake it Off by Taylor Swift. Oh, mate. Oh, oh, you... Yeah, and Shake It Off, such a good song as well. Like, so good for dancing. Such a good choice. Such a good choice. And, of course, those three songs have now been immortalised in our Making Tracks playlist uh, for eternity. We're at the end of the show. That's it. Katie, <laughs> thank you so much for coming along and uh, giving us your your tracks and your stories and also just giving us a full appreciation of how dedicated you are to your snowboarding. Like, we, we just wish you all of the success in the coming year because it's going to be a massive... It's a massive 12 months coming up, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, thank you. Good luck at the world champs. Come back a world champion. Yeah, hopefully. <laughs> Thanks, Katie. Take care. Thank you. You can Katie. take the glue. You can take the glue vine with you. It's fine. <laughs> well, well, that's it. The end of the show. I'm afraid we've run out of time. But uh, Tim, I just wanted to check with you. If I want to keep up to date with uh, the latest gossip and her Instagram shenanigans, how do I do that? Thanks for checking, Ollie. Correct. Yes, uh, she is at Ormerod Katie. O R M E R O D. Hey, while you're there, make sure you give us a little follow. We are at the Upgrade Pod. That way, you can find out who's joining us in the cabin next week, plus a bunch of videos from today. Also, while you're on it, if you're on a keyboard, send us your most embarrassing winter sports tales. What have you been doing? Can you remember when I don't know? Special Greg forgot his board bag or. Steamy Sue didn't come back from a night out while skiing. I don't know. Whatever it is, get those tales to us. Theapraypod at gmail.com. Steamy Sue, if you're listening, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to tell everybody about it. And we'll share them uh, at the end of the series. Spectacular. Uh, That's in a couple of weeks, of course. And of course, if you've enjoyed this show, once you've finished telling all your mates how good it is, then make sure you hit subscribe to hear us in your earpods every week when the new episodes drop. Thanks again to Katie Omerod. Thanks to you, Tim. Thanks to you, Ollie. Thank you. And thanks to our producer, Matt Hill at Rethink Audio. And to you, lovely listeners, we will see you on the slopes next week. Bye. Bye.